Hey there, without fear of her future listeners, if you are hungry to create financial freedom, look no further than She Can 23. This is the nation's largest event for women. Already investing in real estate are those who want to begin. So join thousands of women just like you and I as we shatter the glass ceiling together and make history as women unlocking our financial security by investing in real estate. With exclusive workshops, networking sessions, and expert advice from the best in the world, you will be armed with the specialized knowledge that you need to make confident and educated real estate investments. You do not want to miss this powerful event where we women from all over the world come together to listen to industry giants. Last year, we had Barbara Corcoran, Jamie Carnalima, and even Elena Cardone. I cannot wait for you to see the lineup for this year. We are going to create lasting connections and friendships. Just imagine you and 25,000 other women with the same goals and desires at one event. It is a truly transformative experience. It's an event designed for women who are hungry for more, just like you. Empowerment and clarity like you have never felt before is waiting for you at She Can 23. Remember, if she can, you can too. Do not let this opportunity pass you by. Take action now and secure your tickets to She Can 23. It's time to invest in your future without fear and show the world what women are truly capable of. Visit shecan23.com forward slash podcast to secure your seat today. It's linked in the description below. I cannot wait to see you at shecan23. I bless you. Dream big and be brave. What does resilience really mean to you? My default was to say, I don't know. And I'm glad that that was my default. So I can share this nugget is that often <laughs> we will say to ourselves, I don't know, but I don't know is a filler statement. And it's what we say when we haven't taken the time to think about it or mm -hmm. when we are afraid to confront the truth of what we believe about it. But truly, I haven't thought about what does resilience mean to me? I suppose in this moment, it means being able to live in my authentic truth, even when people that I know, like, trust, and care about don't share that truth. Without Fear of Her Future podcast is for women who are passionately pursuing financial freedom, using multiple streams of income and real estate to accomplish their goals. We are here to empower you to be brave, dream big, and design a life that you love that inspires others to do the same. I'm Teresa Todd, founder of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and author of the book, Without Fear of Her Future. And I'm Melissa Baker, your other co-host. I'm a real estate investor and fitness coach specializing in turning properties from drab to fab. I'm here to help motivate and inspire you to build your dream life because, girl, you deserve it. Today, we are talking to Rachel Luna. Rachel is a one-woman show of a, and a breast cancer thriver, highly sought-after speaker, former U.S. Marine, best-selling author, and certified neuroscience coach to six- and seven-figure-earning entrepreneurs. She has a reputation for inspiring her clients to take confident action through giving themselves permission to offend. Welcome, Rachel. Rachel. Hello, ladies. I'm so happy to be here. Is there oh. anything that you haven't done? My goodness, my goodness. <laughs> I, 
Rachel, just telling us um, about you and a little bit about your story. Sure. I always feel like that's such a loaded question because my past has definitely been colorful, but the highlights and what people seem to resonate most with is that, um, you know, like all of us, we've had something that we've had to overcome. I've just had a couple of additional things. Both of my parents were diagnosed with AIDS and my biological mother passed Mm -hmm. away when I was three and a half. Um, One of the stories that I told myself growing up was that I was rejected and abandoned by my father. So those classic daddy issues um, Mm -hmm. really did play. But as I talk about in my book, Permission to Offend, those weren't actually the facts of my life. Those were stories that I was telling myself based on situations. And it's something that we often do. Something happens and immediately we tell ourselves a story about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And really the meaning that we assign to that story begins to take on a life of its own. So when my biological mother passed away and my father gave me away to my godmother, who is for all intents and purposes, my mommy, she's still Uh with us. So shout out to Carmen Santini. I just love her so much. But when my father gave me to her, I told myself the story that I had been rejected and abandoned and that everyone I love leaves me. And what I began to do was look for evidence of that story to be true, which is also something that we do. Once we anchor into a belief, we start looking for evidence that what we believe is true, even if it puts us in compromising situations, even mm-hmm. if it leads us to self-sabotage, which was my case. I was um, promiscuous. I was an alcoholic. I battled with two different eating disorders. And, you know, thank God I was able to be like a phoenix rise out of the ashes of self-sabotage, <laughs> but it wasn't without intentional work and effort. And what I remember making a promise to God that if God helped me, I would help other people. I wouldn't keep this to myself. I would share what I've learned. And I've made an entire career out of helping people put an wow. end to self-sabotage and truly live in their truth. I love that, Rachel. Wow, that is beautiful. Yes. It really is. And you make it sound like it was easy and I know it wasn't. Can you talk a little bit about how you overcame so many challenges? Well, I mean, not to quote what they teach you in AA, but really one day at a time. And honestly, there was a season in my life where I was really, really battling with anxiety and depression uh, to the point that I was on three different medications. I, you know, later on jokingly referred to them as my upper, my downer, my in-betweener. <laughs> my, on those days, I really was just trying to survive minute by minute. And Mm -hmm. what got me through was my faith, not just my faith in God. I am a Christian, but for the record, I'm not emotionally attached to anyone else's personal beliefs. In fact, I'm an advocate for you getting anchored and rooted into what you believe, absent of what people have taught you to believe. Uh, But for me, I've had an incredible faith journey, an incredible faith walk with God. So my faith really anchored me in. And it wasn't just this faith in like, oh, there's this celestial being that just is always going to look out for me. Because if you look at my life, there would be zero evidence of a celestial being looking out for me, right? (laughs) If anything, um, if anything, and this was, this was actually 
contrary to my my siblings believe, you know, several of my brothers had tumultuous relationships with faith and being angry with God because if God was a loving God, why would he take our mother? And my brothers mm-hmm. also lost their father. Um, their mm-hmm. father died six months before our mother died. So you can imagine, you know, the wow. crap sandwich that was handed down to them. <laughs> and so my brother's belief was, you know, God is God, God doesn't exist. And if he does, he's an awful, you know, being. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. me, it was... God exists. And I think that there's a reason it doesn't make any kind of sense to me, but except that I just have this feeling that I'm special. I have this feeling that I'm marked. I have this feeling that something good is going to happen. And if I can just stay alive long enough, I'll get to see it. And I really want to be clear. Yeah. If I could just stay alive long enough, because there were many years. I don't think that I talk about this enough. And maybe this conversation is just a reminder that I should. But there were years when I had a lot of ideation thoughts. There were years where I really did not think that life was worth living. And I had to convince myself to stay alive, right? To just hold out hope, to trust that that little voice inside of me that was saying, you're special, you were made to be at, at first I heard the words you were made to be a star. And then it was, you know, you were made to make change. You were made to save lives. You were made to heal. And it's really important in my opinion that we recognize that our life purpose isn't one thing. Our yeah. life purpose is the culmination of all the purpose that we get to experience season by season by season. So I truly believe in a seasonal purpose And when we look back at every season of our life, did we live on purpose? Then yes, we fulfilled a portion of our life's purpose. Wow. That is so good. That's so good. We, Melissa and I obviously share your faith. We're Christians too. And um, I love the fact, I mean, that we can lean into that faith and Mm -hmm. that you held on to that belief that you had a purpose in life. And I hope that's what our Mm -hmm. listeners will do because every single one of us were brought into this world with a purpose and a destiny, not just to barely eke it out (laughs) and barely survive. I'm so glad you listened to that. That voice inside of you definitely was the Lord. And that's awesome. Yes. You listened to that because here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I would say that that's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there's so many times we try to ignore it. And I would just say lean in, even if you don't understand it. If you're listening and you're not a Christian, it doesn't make any sense to you. I would just invite you to have a conversation and be Mm -hmm. open to hearing what is being said back to you. And the way that I have been able to distinguish, people ask me this all the time. So I'll just give you, give this nugget the way that I've been able to distinguish, is this the Holy Spirit or is this just like my my mind playing tricks on me is that I match it up against the word of God. Does this sound like something God would have said to me? If so, then I can take it to the bank. And if not, then maybe I need to go into more prayer, more journaling, more, you know, deep thought, just an offering. Ah, love it. Love it. Love it. Well, you're definitely a picture of resilience, of, of just you know, bouncing back through after all the things, what does resilience really mean to you? 
Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. I haven't thought about this question mm -hmm. in a really long time. And my default was to say, I don't know. And I'm glad that that was my default. So I can share this nugget is that often <laughs> we will say to ourselves, I don't know, but I don't know is a filler statement. And it's what we say when we haven't taken the time to think about it, or mm -hmm. when we are afraid to confront the truth of what we believe about it. But truly, I haven't thought about what does resilience mean to me? I suppose in this moment, it means continuing to go on even when you yeah. feel like giving up. It's being able to yeah. weather the storm without, not without caring, because I do care about the opinions of the people that matter to, be mo to me most. But maybe I would say it's being able to live in my authentic truth even when people that I know, like, trust, and care about don't share that truth, even when yeah. perfect strangers are opposed to that truth. Like, can I stand rooted in my identity? If I can do that, then I was resilient for that moment. Yes. That's I good. love it. That's yeah. a great, great definition. Mm -hmm. Great definition. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's kind of move up to this. When you're setting goals, I know it can be really scary and you've accomplished so much. So how can our listeners convince themselves to move forward when they're just kind of stuck and don't, you know, what, what can be the next step for them? Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I, I would change the idea of, I have to convince myself of doing something because I am rebellion. I'm rebellious by nature. So if I have uh -huh. to be convinced or cajoled, like it's not going to happen. So uh -huh. I would first think about what is my conviction? And what I mean by that is like, what would, what is the most compelling reason for me to do this? And if I'm just dead set against not doing it, how does not doing it help me live out the life of my dreams? Yeah. Because whenever I don't want to do something, I actually take a moment to think, okay, if I don't do this, not doing it. Does that help me get closer to my dream? Come on, Rachel, get real with yourself. So mm -hmm. I have this conversation and I treat myself the way that I would treat my best friend. So if I would yeah. show my best friend grace on that day, then I'm going to show myself grace on that day because I have to be my best friend. It does not yeah. serve me or, or my community or the people whose lives I'm meant to change and impact and help transform. If I am being cruel, and unforgiving to myself. If I am forcing myself to hold on to blame, shame, guilt, resentment, anger for past mistakes, because the reality is that I am not who I once was, and I am not the shame of the mistakes that I have made. So remembering all of that in the moment, would mm. this be good to have done? That means I ask myself that question, would this be good to have done? Five months from now, this is, this is something I think about when I don't feel like taking my supplements or when I don't feel like making juices. And by the way, I don't feel like taking my supplements almost every single day. Why? <laughs> I I'll tell you why. So when I was healing from breast cancer, I was taking 90 individual capsules a day. I am pilled oh. out. I am supplemented out. And I did that for 18 months. So oh, now yeah. that I'm at the four year mark, oh, I don't want to swallow any more pills, but, uh -huh. but for the fact that I think to myself, would this be good to have done? Meaning 
five months from now, when I go in for my semi-annual scans, would it be good to have taken those supplements to hear the doctor say what I pray the doctor always says to me, Mm -hmm. all clear, no evidence of disease. Oh, so good. That is so good. So and that's good. good self-discipline. Right it there. is. It is. And you can just take that with anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, marketing in your business yeah. or, yes. you know, or going to the gym, whatever is this. I mean, if I want to get these deals, do I need to do that marketing today? Am I, that's so good. Yes. That's so good. So good. That is so good. So Rachel, can we talk about you're a life coach? Can we hear yes. about what, what was the moment or the experience that made you decide to take that course to becoming a life coach? Hmm. You know, I wish that I were the kind of girl that has an idea, makes a decision and runs with it. <laughs> I am becoming that woman. I am becoming that woman, but traditionally <laughs> speaking, I wasn't. In the past, I would have an idea, think about it for a couple of years and then kind of go back to it. So my path to life coaching <laughs> was very similar. I was very young watching a TV show called Starting Over. And on that show, they had these life coaches. I had never heard of that, but it was very cool to me watching these life coaches speak life, inspire these women. And the, the word inspire, the root means to breathe life. So they were breathing life into the dreams of these women. And I thought, this is so cool. You just get to be a cheerleader and help them create a plan. Like I could do that. Who couldn't do that? Anybody (laughs) could, right? Except that that is not true life coaching. So life coaching is asking powerful questions so that the client gets to the answer themselves. Otherwise, if you're just telling them what to do and you're making a plan, you're a consultant. So let's, you know, make sure that we understand the difference between the apples and the oranges. So that kind of planted the seed. Several years later, I was serving uh, in the United States Marine Corps on active duty. And I found Mm -hmm. myself in Launchstuhl at the Launchstuhl Regional Medical Center in Germany, working with patients in the Wounded Warrior Battalion. And that Mm -hmm. that job changed my life. Because mm-hmm. I was already an empathetic, compassionate person, but it really increased my capacity for empathy. And I would get these patients that were 17, 18 years old, little babies, really, if you think about mm-hmm. it, missing limbs, face completely melted off from IED explosions. Mm-hmm. Literally, these were the, the stories of my patients. And I remember thinking to myself, there, there's so much left for these young men and women who have just experienced these atrocities. And I wish that I could inspire them to keep going for their dreams. And I wish I could inspire, you know, the person sitting on the couch saying, I'll start on Monday, I'll start on Monday to get off the freaking couch and start today because tomorrow's not promised. You see, ladies, I always had um, a deep understanding that life is not short, but it is fragile. Mm. And the reason why life is not short is because we have evidence that people live to be 100 years old and 80, 90 years old. And people, we convince ourselves and we say all the time, life is short, life is short, but it's not. It is fragile. And so because there is a fragility to life, we have to seize every moment. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of that. So that really propelled me to start looking into life coaching with a, a, a finer microscope, if you will. I can totally hear the passion in your yes. voice for this. I love that. Yeah. I definitely think you're called mm-hmm. to this life coach Absolutely. thing. Thank Absolutely. You. Love it. 
Okay. So I know that in your coaching, you talk a little bit about identity. So what's the difference between someone's identity and just their roles and responsibilities? Oh, I, I love this question. Thank you. Okay. Your roles and responsibilities are not your identity. Those are tasks, assignments that you've taken on or that have been assigned to you. For example, when people ask, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do we typically say? I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur. But the reality is that those titles, those roles and responsibilities have a shelf life. There is a time in which your utility in those roles will be diminished. Even as a mother, you know, as a mother, I would say, no, my babies are always going to be my babies. I will always be your mother. Yes. However, at some point, my babies will grow up. And if I've done a good job, which I pray to God I have, they will leave. (laughs) They will start their own families, their own lives, and they won't need me to provide for them, to be there. They will hopefully, if I've done a really good job, they will want me to be there, but they will not need me. And if my identity is tied up in my children needing me, when they leave, I'm going to have a fracture of identity. And when that happens, it's really going to feel catastrophic. This is why I'm a proponent for anchoring into your identity, which is your values and your beliefs. Those are things that no one can ever take from you. Those are things that utility does not expire because your values and beliefs can evolve as you evolve. And so one of the things I talk about in my book, Permission to Offend, is going to bat for yourself, right? So this is where you spend time. Um, It's called belief audit time, where you audit your beliefs and check in. Do I still believe this? Why or why not? Is there a better belief? Is there a belief that would serve me better? And if so, how can I amplify that in my life? I love that. I love it. Well, when you talk about um, your identity being in your core beliefs and values, how do you explain how you can transform your identity into what it is you really want? Oh, okay. So the way that we transform our identity, well, first is the awareness, as I mentioned before. So figuring out, well, what do I value? And how do I know that I've been living my values? Well, look at your calendar. If you say that you value your family, look at your calendar and maybe you are not like me where if it's not scheduled, it's not real. So I literally have things like family game time, movie night, you know, dinner together at the family around the table, which by the way, full disclosure does not happen every night because (laughs) we just don't, but we do a couple of times a night and I make the intentional effort because I value it. But if you look at your calendar and you have no evidence that you've put in time, then although you say you value your family, you haven't been valuing them. So that's the first step is to pay attention because your time tells where your values dwell. Someone said that, not Rachel Luna original, (laughs) (laughs) but it is a good one. Okay. So that's the first thing. And then take a look at your habits. If there is a part of your lifestyle that is incongruent or misaligned to the lifestyle that you desire to lead, it is because your habits are off. And how then can we change our habits? Well, we have to change our belief around the practice of that habit. Mm -hmm. I'll give the example again with the supplements. Ugh, it is such a drag, right? It's my thought. But my belief is that 
the more consistent and disciplined and intentional I am about taking those supplements, the better my health will be. So because I have that belief, then it forces me to stay in the habit. So you want to just pay attention to Yeah. I think, you know, I always love to take something back either to business or to fitness. If somebody just wants to lose weight, I mean, you just want to lose weight to look good or whatever is very different than really understanding. I want to be healthy. I want to have energy. I want to be around for a long time. That is a whole different element of uh, motivation than just the person Mm -hmm. who says, I just want to lose weight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, taking it to business, taking it to business, I'll say this. Let's look at social media, for example. If your belief is that ugh, social media, it takes so long, it's such a drain, people don't engage with me, it's a waste of my time. Well, then, of course, you're not going to be in the habit because you don't see the value. But you know, yes. you can feel the impact when people are not signing up for your programs, when they're not hiring you to be the real estate agent, when those deals are not being closed, when you're Mm-hmm. not getting the lead and the listings, right? But what if you changed your belief? What if the belief was, listen, high value people are not really engaging with social media. They're not taking the time to comment and like necessarily, but they are watching. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter if they engage or not. I just need them to see me. Yeah. That good word. Good word. So love good, it, so love good. it, love it. So Rachel, briefly, um, a little bit ago, you mentioned your book, and I want to go back to your book. It's called Permission to Offend. Um, Talk to us about that title, what the book means, um, and where you Mm -hmm. came up with that. Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying that I am very, very proud of this book. And I say that because I want to mirror the behavior that it is okay to be very proud of our work and of what we've Mm -hmm. built or created and to talk about that. Because if you are not able to give yourself flowers, no one is going to really be rushing up to give them to you. Okay. So that's, that's the first right. thing, especially in the entrepreneurial journey. You know, we're often by ourselves. So give yourself the flower. Now, what does it mean, permission to offend? <laughs> well, I tell me what it does not mean. And it does not mean giving yourself permission to intentionally hurt people, cause harm, instigate division, or to weaponize the principles in this book. If anything, permission to offend is really giving yourself permission to be you. Permission to show up authentically, unfiltered, unafraid, without the worry of judgment, rejection, or defamation. Releasing this fear, which is so rampant of, oh my gosh, they're going to cancel me because I had an opinion. And giving yourself permission to offend is about recognizing that Your truth doesn't make someone else a liar and their truth doesn't make you a liar. There can be two truths coexisting. And finally, I'll say this. It's about taking a stand for your beliefs while holding space for the beliefs and positions of others. Oh, that's so beautiful. Gosh, it's what the world needs right now. If we could just do that, there would be so much more peace. It really is. Rachel, you, you were just talking about fear. Um, Mm. how, how can women overcome fear or anxiety in terms Mm. of reaching their goals? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give you two answers. The Mm. first answer I'm 
going to give is through the lens of faith. So if you are a Christian, this, this part of the answer is for you. Um, you can command fear to go because we have that power and authority in Jesus Christ, right? We have the power to cast out demons, to perform signs, wonders, and miracles, to heal the sick. And so you can say, you know, the word of God says that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. So when fear comes up, that fear is a manipulation tactic of the enemy. So when he uses fear as a tactic, as a weapon, you say, get behind me, Satan, and you take your weapon of fear and go back to hell where you came from because I have the full armor of God. I have the authority of God to go forth and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So even if I take this action, even if I make this pitch, even if I go for the sale and I don't close the deal or it doesn't work out, God will use that failure for my success. There will be transformation in that test. Okay, so Woo. now that's preach it, girl. That's good. <laughs> Christians who are like, yeah, I don't really believe in that. So you lost me. Here's what I will say. Um, I would then ask, okay, brain, because what ha- what is fear? Fear is just a chemical reaction in the brain where the amygdala lights up to say, uh oh, danger, danger. We don't know the outcome of this. Or we've done something like this before. And in the past, it was bad. So you might die if you try again. So I would say, okay, fear. Okay, amygdala, what are you trying to tell me right now? What are you thinking might happen? And then in chapter seven of my book, I do something called the all outcomes matrix, where we just process the fear. Okay, I'm afraid that the worst case scenario is whatever. Am I okay? How can I make peace with the worst case scenario? Mm -hmm. What about the okay scenario? What about the best case scenario? Mm -hmm. What are the repercussions of the best case happening? So so that is what I would do with fear. I would just process it it through logic and release the emotional Mm -hmm. attachment. Yes, girl. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what about mental health? Do you have mental health habits that you practice that you can share with us? Yes. This is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. I think that as technology increases, we're going to continue to see a decline in our mental health as a society. We're already seeing it. Mental health is at an all time. Well, mental illness is at an all time high. And so for me, I have a couple of practices. The most personal to me, aside from, you know, my quality time with God is my journaling practice. And in chapter nine of my book, Permission to Offend, I walk you through my full practice. In fact, we, we give you, we give away that, that section, um, on my website, rachelluna.com. So if you want to get it for free, absolutely go have it, have at it. But journaling has been incredibly instrumental in my mental wellness journey. I am also a big proponent for movement. I love going on, I call them prayer walks. So I will walk, I will blast my praise and worship music. I will look like a fool with my hands in the air, (laughs) walking through my neighborhood, praying, crying out to God, but just releasing and, you know, give yourself that permission to look like a fool for every, to everyone else so that you can be at peace within yourself. Woo. Love it. Yeah, that's good. So good. So, so good. Okay. So what are some coping mechanisms um, that you recommend when you're really dealing with some stress and anxiety? 
Uh, I know one of them is exactly what you said, just going to God in prayer and walking. Yes. Do you have anything else that you do uh, for stress and anxiety? I eat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I laugh because that used to be my default, right? So back in yeah. the day, that was my coping mechanism. And it was so unhealthy because what was happening was I was just trying to fill the void and mm -hmm. try to fill the pain. Yeah. So I would actually say, give yourself permission to feel those emotions um, instead of trying to bypass the pain, because there is going to be a blessing in the challenge, right? There is going yeah. to be a blessing, but you have to be willing to go through the challenge. So give yourself that first thing is give yourself permission mm -hmm. to feel the emotion. Um, the other thing is to reach out to a safe person, someone who will just listen without offering. And one of the things I like to do is I like to call my best friend and say, I don't want you to fix this for me. I just need you to listen and hold the mm. space for me. Yes. It's so good. Mm, so good. So I love that. Love that. And yeah, that is really good. Rachel, um, in your website, in your intro, you refer to yourself as the chief, let me get this right, chief uh, confidence creator of your company. <laughs> What's one small step that our listeners can do right now to gain some confidence or to have more confidence? Yeah, they're not going to like my answer. So I apologize <laughs> for whoever I, I trigger or anger. Listen, the fastest way to build your confidence is to take action. And I know that it doesn't feel that way in the moment. In fact, I just went through this myself yesterday with an action that I needed to take and I was resisting and I grabbed my journal because this is the way that I process resistance. I grabbed my journal and I was honest. Look, I'm resisting because I'm afraid to take this action. I'm waiting for all the things to be right. I'm waiting to feel perfectly aligned and clear. And the reality is that the best way I'm going to feel clear and confident is by taking that first action step and seeing what happens. So yes. I would encourage you the baby step, not the big, 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 scary thing, just the first baby step. If you have been avoiding reaching out for leads, the first baby step is just to write the list. If you're mm -hmm. hiding from showing up on social media because you want to start speaking your truth, but you're afraid of getting canceled, the first step is to just create the post in Canva and just hang out with it. Maybe send it to a friend or two behind the scenes just to get their buy-in. And I talk about the difference between validation and verification as well in chapter four of my book. But, you know, we're often looking for validation to be told that we're right. And that doesn't serve us because it's not about being right. It's about being in alignment. And so rather than saying, what do you think of this? A better way is to seek verification by saying, does any of this offend you? And if so, why? Is there any way that this message could be misunderstood? Or what do you think this is saying to you? So now you have a better insight besides, hey, is this good or not? <laughs> so, yeah. so good. So good. Well, Rachel, again, you are absolutely remarkable. We, I have a feeling that we could just hang out and be good friends. Just love your attitude towards life and your strong faith and your desire to help others. So I want to know what you. are you most excited about working on next? What are your goals for the future? 
Oh, thank you for asking. I am mm -hmm. so excited about, oh, a lot of things actually. So, um, First and foremost, I launched a certification course for coaching, combining the neuroscience and everything I've learned over the last 13 years of coaching. And that, I, I will, I'll tell you this, you know, I was running away from that. And I want to encourage anyone listening to stop running away from your calling because you're just going to delay the outcome. This is something that God told me to do five years ago. And I was doubting and hesitating, like, really, God, are you sure me? Listen, yes, you, you were the chosen one. So whatever you've been running away from, this is the year to lean into it. Because the sooner you lean in, the more impact, the greater results you will personally experience and the people that you've been called to lead will experience. So fun fact, I leaned into the certification we sold out in seven days with three emails, no sales page, wow. three days, excuse me, seven days, three emails, no sales page, no social media, none of that. You but go, by the girl. Way, that, that is incredible. That is product. Here's the thing though. That is the product of showing up consistently, of adding yeah. value, of having already established a reputation for yourself in, in getting mm -hmm. results. So if you haven't done that legwork that I've been doing mm -hmm. for 13 years, don't think to yourself like, oh, I can just do it. No, there's the foundation. Yes. So I'm excited about the certification program. And I am really excited about getting my book into the hands of millions. I have a vision mm -hmm. for like a thousand reviews on Amazon and millions <laughs> of people's lives being changed and transformed. And I know that we'll get there one person at a time. Oh, Rachel, that's oh, so goodness. good. So good. Well, congratulations on all of yes. that. That's huge. It is. I love your passion and your wisdom. Um, Rachel, we like to ask our guests for three takeaways, three, three things um, what are three things that you would advise an investor or an entrepreneur who is wanting to be brave and to grow or perhaps is feeling stuck? Yes. Okay. Number one, get rooted in your identity. That will set the foundation for everything. Who are you? What do you believe? What do you value? Are you willing to die on that cross? Because if you're not, then it, that's not part of your true identity. So that's the first thing. The second thing is... Take the first next step. Stop waiting for confirmation and burning bushes and signs and miracles and wonders. Let your first confirmation be the last confirmation. And then yes. the third thing I would say is lean in. I know it feels scary. And I know your brain is telling you, but we don't know what's going to happen on the other side. I want to remind you that if you're listening to this show, it already says a lot. It says mm -hmm. that you are smart, you are intelligent, you are capable, and you are committed to your consistent development. So even if it doesn't yeah. work out the way you were hoping it was going to work out, trust that you're going to figure out how to make it work. So make a decision mm -hmm. and make it work. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Rachel, can you tell our listeners where they can find your book and how they can connect with you online? Absolutely. Well, you're already listening to a podcast. So go ahead and subscribe to my podcast called Permission to Offend, like the book. And you can visit me on my digital home at rachelluna.com. And if you're into the social medias, my favorite place is Instagram, where I am at Girl Confident. Ah, very nice. Thank love you. Love it. Thank you. Love it. All right, Teresa, there was a lot 
in this. I just love so much of what she said. I want to hear your takeaways from Rachel. Well, I mean, I just love, I'm going to go back to the resilience that when you just go back to the beginning of this, all the things that she's been through, yet she didn't make excuses. She did not become a victim. She just kept pushing forward, even when she was dealing with anxiety and at some point you may be in a place where we're just trying to stay alive mm-hmm. and, but we push through that and then we can begin to thrive instead mm-hmm. of just survive. And that's exactly what she's done. And my, uh, I just want to tell all of our listeners, get the book, listen to her podcast because yeah. she's a powerhouse. She really is. She really is. And I love that she considers herself a breast cancer thriver, yes. not just a survivor. So if y'all, if y'all heard that in the very beginning, ladies, that's, that's perspective right there. Yes, it is. Well, um, thank you so much, Rachel, for being with us. Thank you, ladies. What an honor. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And I think we could be great friends too. So (laughs) we can become best friends. Well, Well, if you have not subscribed to the Without Fear of Her Future podcast, then hit that subscribe button today for new episode reminders. Please leave us an honest review on our podcast page. Thank you for joining us today. On behalf of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and Teresa Todd, I'm Melissa Baker, encouraging you to be brave and dream big.